Welcome to Soul Talk, soulful conversations exploring who you are, why you're here, and how to live your most authentic life. My name is Coop Blackson, nationally best-selling author of You Are The One, transformational teacher, and your host. I invite you to subscribe to the Soul Talk podcast for weekly inspiration from me, where I will share with you some powerful ideas, thoughts, and practical life wisdom to help you live life more fully, freeing yourself from your past, reclaiming your power, and living your true life's purpose. You can also go to www.coopblackson.com, enter your name and email to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment. Let's get started with Soul Talk. Welcome back, folks. Welcome to another episode of the Soul Talk podcast. Uh, I am very excited about my guest today. We're going to do a different kind of episode. As you know, I bring on a guest from all walks of life. And today's guest is going to be helping you, shall we say, connect, understand, Uh, and inspiring your voice. He's recognized as one of the world's leading authorities on voice. I had actually heard of him. It's probably at least 12, maybe 12, 13 years now. So he's kind of a legend, at least in my mind. I haven't had the opportunity to meet him. Uh, This is the first time I'm having the conversation. So I'm very excited what's going to transpire from today's uh, episode of Soul Talk. So get your pen ready, get a notepad ready, take lots of notes. Check this. No other vocal coach in, the hist- in history has, more, has had more commercial success in both speaking and singing. He's vocally, and I want to really clarify this with him, he's vocally produced more than 100 million CD sales worldwide. That sounds like a lot. His three top, top best-selling books, Set Your Voice Free, Sing Like the Stars, and Love Your Voice. He's also uh, the voice coach, teacher, guru to uh, some of my favorite acts, actually. John Mayer, love John. I've always loved John's voice. Sport, Actions, Def Leppard, The Crew, Toto, Chicago. Folks, the list goes on. He's the number one uh, voice teacher, coach in the world. Roger Love, welcome to Soul Talk. Thank you so much for the lovely intro. It's great to have you on. I've been looking forward to meeting you uh, for for many years now, so I'm glad that it got to happen this way. And... uh, you know, I always like to ask people just to get a certain context and understanding in terms of just, I'm curious, like, h- how did you get into the field of voice and teaching people about the voice, connecting to the voice, being a voice coach? Like, how did that happen? It's, it's, a, it's kind of a, you know, unusual career. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, uh, it's not something I, I, I knew was even possible to be a voice teacher growing up at school. So how did that happen? I mean, what, what was your journey to, to being where you are today? My journey, in, in as brief as I can make it, is that I realized early on that whenever I was sad or unhappy, I could sing, and that just seemed to completely change my whole attitude. It would, it would bring instant happiness. So I grew up singing they say that I was singing before I was speaking, but let's just say I was, I was singing as soon as I could. And by the time I was 13 years old, I had convinced my parents to allow me to go get singing lessons. And they brought me to the most famous teacher in the world by virtue of the fact that he had all of the biggest stars. He was teaching Stevie Wonder and Barbara Streisand and Frank Sinatra and all the top people, all of the, all of the biggest singers. And I started studying with him, working on my voice as a singer, because I knew that my path was going to be about voice. And at that time, thinking it was only going to be about singing. So I studied with him for a few years, and then he went to Canada to teach a master class, sort of unexpectedly. And he asked me one day, and I'm 16 now, and he said, Roger, why don't you come over after school on Monday and teach the lessons, because I'm leaving town. And I said, well, that's... That sounds interesting, except I've been spending the last few years learning how to be a good student, but I have no idea how to be a teacher. He said, don't let that stop you. I'm going to pay you $100 an hour. And and the next thing I remember is I blinked my eyes, and it was Monday after school. I was teaching, and my first student was Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys. Come on, the first student? (laughs) <laughs> a shot out of a cannon. And then one after the, the other superstar came in. 
whether it was mm -hmm. Earth, Wind, and Fire, or at that time the group Chicago was huge, or it was Stevie Wonder, or Luther Vandross, all of these huge singers came in. And, it, and literally, I, of course, was out of my element, but somehow I managed to fake it until I made it. And they worked with me for six months. And when he came back, every single one of his stars decided that they wanted to work with me, that they didn't want to go back. So he brought me in as a junior partner at 16 wow. and a half to what was already the most famous studio in the world. And I continued doing everything I was doing, finishing school and going to college and singing. And in every other free waking moment, I was teaching literally the biggest singers in the world and loving every second of it. 17 years later, we parted and I started my own practice and uh and that's that's literally where it all began and for the first 17 years by the way i was only teaching singers mm -hmm. thinking that my path in the world that my purpose that my that my gift was that i could teach singers and and it wasn't until 17 or 18 more years of just after teaching singers that i started thinking about the speaking voice so I know a lot of people that tell me I, I hate my voice. I hate how I sound. Is, is, is the voice something that we're born with and we're stuck with? Uh, is it something that can be changed? Like, let's say someone says, Roger, I hate my voice. C can they totally change it? Like, what are some of the ways to like develop one's voice, especially if you're someone who you hate your voice? Great. First of all, let me say that those people that hate their voices are yes. in the majority, not in the minority. Really? That when people buy a new phone and they record their voicemail message and they listen back and, and it sounds like this. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> and, and you think, oh my gosh, okay, I'll, I'll just work on that and make it better. And then you work on it for about 20 minutes and then you decide, mm. forget it. Mm. I don't sound good and I'll just have to settle. But the, here's what people need to understand. We are born with an instrument, okay? We can make sound, but that doesn't tell us how we're supposed to sound. There's no manual that goes along with that instrument. So what happens is we imitate the people that are in our immediate environment. So if my mother speaks really, really airy and I love breast milk, then as soon as I can make sounds, I say, mommy, very, very hungry, and she feeds me. And if my dad speaks with a very, very nasal voice like this, and I wanna go fishing, I talk to my dad like this, dad, fishing, thinking that it'll connect us because those are the sounds that I'm hearing. So we grow up imitating the people around us. Suddenly we're young adults and adults and older people, and we think that's the voice that we have no way, that's the voice we imitated and got stuck with. And I say, really? the, mom the moment that somebody meets me, they need to say, hold on a second. I can change my voice? Yes. I can have better communication skills? Yes. My voice might be sort of ruining my relationships and my communications and my stature at work or my ability to influence people? Yes. Voice is the most important communication tool you have, and yet most people are using sounds that don't even begin to showcase how intelligent they are, how emotional they are, they are how heartfelt they are, how what, what the best of themselves. They're hiding behind sounds that showcase often the worst of themselves, and they don't have to be. So what I mean is what I'm hearing, like you're saying that one's voice we gets conditioned from what we grow up with in terms of our parents like it's conditioned literally like it, it's the nasal the airy it, it's it's a conditioned sort of tonality that we learn we learn sounds attached to words mm. so when so when my dad says 13 then when I, I memorize the sound of his voice and the word 13 and i combine it together so we've learned sounds by imitating, but 
But it's just like this. Let's say your grandmother passes away. You loved her very much. and You're sad about her passing. And she leaves you a Steinway concert grand piano for your house, which you somehow managed to find space for because it's a big thing. And you just let it sit there for your whole life. On your deathbed, what are you saying? You're saying, I wish I would have learned how to play the piano, mm. but I just didn't. Well, your voice is sitting there inside of your throat and most people don't know how to play it. So you don't wanna get any further in your life before you realize the best way to play it. Because here's the thing that's really interesting. Spoken communication, when I speak to you, it gets processed by your brain first for emotion. Your brain decides what I'm hearing. Is it emotional or not? If the brain doesn't think it's, think it's emotional, it says, ah, not interested, because the brain doesn't process first for logic. It processes first for emotion. And there are no specific emotions in words. So if I say, I love you, you're like, Roger, you don't love me. I'm like, I love you. <laughs> you do not love me. I'm like, I, look, I love you. You're like, okay, now right. I'm feeling a little bit of love. Right. So, so we're in a, a society, in a world that is word-based. We think if we had the right words, people would feel things. They would remember what we said and they would act upon those things. But it isn't true. Sound is, what, is what's emotional. So yes. you have to learn to speak emotion to emotion instead of sound to sound. That's how people process it. That's how people remember what you say. That's yes. how people act on, upon, on it. So my goal as a voice coach now for speakers and singers is to help people communicate in a way mm. that elevates all communication past just the words because words lie. Beautiful. And we, we, we speak emotion mm. to emotion and then we showcase the best of ourselves and we have authentic, beautiful, humane communication that, is, that mm. doesn't separate us but connects us all. Mm. Beautiful. So what's the first, is there a first step or what are some of the first steps that someone can take to, let's say, begin to unravel uh, some of the conditioning around the, around the sounds that we learned in terms of how we learned to connect to our caregivers and those around us so that we can uh, just reconnect to our own authentic expression, our own authentic voice. Because I, sometimes I, I I hear people and whether they're reading the news or I've, I've heard other voice teachers and, and they just sound, Roger, they just sound so, I don't know, contrived. Fake. So, so fake. <laughs> and like when, I, when, when I heard you, I've been listening to your course, okay? And when I heard you speak, I'm like, shit, this guy sounds human. He sounds real. He has an amazing voice. You have an amazing voice, but you sound real versus like some robot who's talking like this. And, and, I, and, and so that's the image I have of sort of voice training. And so what's the first step someone can take to begin unraveling and connect to their authentic voice? I love it. As a precursor to answering that question, and, I, and I'll make it short, I believe that life doesn't exist without communications. Mm. That, you know, even in the Bible, and I'm not a Bible scholar, but it says, and God said, let there be light. He could have just done it. <laughs> Why did he have to say it? Because right. there is energy in saying it. It's mm -hmm. like he, he spoke the world into creation. And so life doesn't exist without, without communication. And yet most people are communicating in a way, that, as I said, that, that, that is so unemotional. So mm -hmm. here's what you got to do first. You have to start recording yourself I know you do it when you record a new voicemail, but you literally have to take out your phone and you have to talk for a couple of minutes and then you have to listen back. And there are some specific things that you should be listening back for to start making a, a, the awareness change, okay? So let's say you turn on your phone, your little, little voice memo thing on your phone or you do it on your computer and you just talk about yesterday. You talk about what you did on the weekend. Talk about what you're excited about. Talk about the next meal that you are gonna have. Talk about the, the last meal that you love. Talk about anything you wanna talk about. Then listen back. When you listen back, the first thing I want you to listen back for is melody. Did you all stay on the same note all the time? Was it like, I'm just 
one key on a piano and it's the only key I have, so I'm just gonna <laughs> stay there. Do you just notice that it just kind of hovers around this one note and yeah, maybe sometimes you get excited and you go like, oh, but then you come right back to this, is it monotone? Do you hear the same note all the time? Because you wouldn't buy a song that sounded like this because you'd be bored. So is it monotone? Are you staying on the same note? Because monotone is boring the heck out of everyone you're speaking to. When you just sort of sound the same, with having the same note over and over, people think they know what you're gonna sound like next. And yes. when they think they know what you're gonna sound like next, they think they know what you're gonna say next. Mm. And then forget it, no element of surprise. Why should they keep listening to you if they already feel like they know what you're gonna say. They're already thinking they're smarter than you, taller than you, maybe better looking than you. So, so monotone is a no-no. That's the first thing to recognize. Then sticking in this idea of melody, what's the next thing you look for? Okay, so you say, Roger, maybe I'm not monotone. Maybe I have, maybe I have a few notes on my piano. But by the way, about 85% of every person in the world is mostly monotone. Okay, wow. so, so, if you're not monotone, if you're not doing the same note, what are you doing? Are you doing what I call descending scales? Mm. Are you going from high notes to low notes? Are you talking like this? My name is Roger Love. Going from a high note to lower notes. It's my birthday. Nobody <laughs> got me any presents. <laughs> I'm so happy to be on your show. I'm now you're like, you, you, Roger, I'm getting sad. I'm getting sad listening to you. Right <laughs> that's right. You're la you laugh because you know you know how silly that sounds. And yet, we were all taught to go down at commas and periods. We were taught when we get to a comma, we're supposed to go down. When we get to a period, we're supposed to go down. Going down in melody. And the only time we were said that we could go up was when it was a question. You like chocolate? You could go up then, but you couldn't go up any other commas and periods. So whether or not you realize it, most people, again, statistically, are going down whenever they're speaking from highs to lows. That descending scale is depressing the hell out of everyone you're speaking to, and it is depressing you, the person who is making that sound. So you need to listen back. How many times did you go down? Did you go down when you got to a comma? Did you go down when you got to a period? And you have to reverse that. You have to start using ascending scales, ones that go up from lows to high. It's my birthday. I love chocolate. I love being on this show. This is so cool. I am so happy. You didn't have to get me any presents. Ascending scales make you happy, the speaker, and they make your listeners happy. So whatever bull, bull crap articles you read about not not going up because there's this thing called up talk <laughs> up talk and if you go down it's uh, uh, it, and and if you go up it'll make everything sound like a question and then people won't respect you or you or you won't sound like you're sincere that's all baloney you should be going up as much as possible it won't sound like a question because you'll be just going up it's 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 like telling mozart Yo, Mozart, stop going up on those melodies. And you know what Mozart would say to me? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll get right on that, Roger. I'll go up when the emotion makes me go up. And I'll go down when the emotion makes me go down. So melody is the first thing that we can get control over. Because like I said, most people are speaking monotone. They need to understand descending scales and ascending scales how many of them they're doing. You don't have to be a singer, by the way, or a musician to know that. You just have to listen. You either sound like this or you <laughs> sound like this. Mm. And, and I'm telling you, people would rather you sound like this. They're yes. sick and tired of you sounding like this. It's a totally different energy as well as, as you're giving me the two, the two comparisons. It, it, I, in terms of I, the I, effect on me, I'm feeling very different. 100%. I realized early on that there was very little difference between singing and speaking. Mm. Science now supports all of that, that there is very little difference between singing and speaking. And science also says that, that the health benefits and benefits in general for singing go about like this. If you sing for 15 or 20 minutes a day, it, it creates, it, 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 it 
it raises your whole immune system so your body fights against any kind of illness. It helps with snoring. It helps with sleep apnea. Wow. Singing 15 or 20 minutes a day can increase your life expectancy up to eight years. Singing makes people happy. It removes depression. Singing is great for so many things you can't even imagine. And because I have my people speaking the same way they sing, I've learned to have the same benefits. So why are we so afraid to sing? I mean, there's such a, it's like there's a psychological thing that, that so many people have around singing. Even and I've heard some people, Roger, who have, like I was telling my friend in, a few months ago, you have to sing. Your voice is outrageous. And she just contracted and said, hell no, I'll never sing in public. Her voice was incredible. What is, what is, that, what is that inside of us that, that shrinks when it comes to expressing and singing? And, and for the person who says or has the limitation in their mind, I can't sing. How can they break through? I think I'm more interested about how can they break through the internal belief around, I can't do that. I don't have a good voice. I sound like crap. How can they break through that internal block? Beautiful. So many people believe that they're tone deaf just because when they're singing along with Bruno Mars <laughs> or, or Christina Aguilera or Beyonce, they can't hit all the same notes. So they yes. think, I'm tone deaf or, or some silly choir teacher didn't have time to teach them when they were in junior high school and they got kicked out of the choir and somebody told them they were tone deaf or somebody or or, or they were singing in the back car back seat of the car and their parents turned around and were like Shh, be be seen and not heard mm. be quiet and somehow they just decided they were tone deaf and and the truth is is that less than two percent of the population is actually tone deaf so here's the here's the first thing that i do to break people out of that idea yes. that they, they were tone deaf, that they weren't born with a singing voice. I say, let's do a little test, hmm. okay? Here's a little test. I'm gonna sing happy birthday for you and all the people that are listening to you. And this is gonna be the definitive test as to whether or not you're tone deaf and whether or not you could be a good singer. I'm gonna sing happy birthday and you tell me whether this is right or wrong. Hmm. Happy birthday to you. But was that the well, melody that you, you, you remember? You need to stop, please, please. No more, no more happy birthday right there. <laughs> okay. Was it was was it the happy birthday you grew up with or not? Definitely not. Then you're not tone deaf. Tone deaf. If you would have been tone deaf, here's what I would have just done. What it would have sounded like. Happy birthday to you. See, no tones at all. Zero. Mm. So nobody, I've never met anyone in my entire life as a voice coach who was actually tone deaf. They just don't have a technique to help them hit all the low notes and all the ones that are near their break and all the high notes. So they, so they just think, well, I, I wasn't born this way, but great singers aren't born. Great singers are, they have to learn and practice how to hit all the notes that are hard to sing. The high notes are harder to sing. You got to learn how to do it. The ones, you know, most people try to sing the national anthem and they're like, the land of the free. And their voice breaks and they think, oh my God, I'm too old for puberty. Mm. So I must, I must be tone deaf. When it's just you haven't learned the technique. There are exercises that I have my singers and my speakers do for minutes, a wow. few times during the week. And they literally train the vocal cords to go to the position that they're supposed to be in. And they train the air to go in and out of the body the way it's supposed to go in and out of the body and controlling the air and controlling the, the position of the vocal cords is all you need to have a great voice. Wow. So I heard you just say something. I want to back up. You said great singers aren't born. Like literally like, they're not born like a Beyonce, an Adele, a Sade, like Aretha. Uh, they're not born. Are you, are you saying they're not born that way? Because I have a. I've always had this idea. They're just. It's just a gift from God. They just. They just. They just landed on this planet that way, and so. Okay, let me just answer clar that. clarify that for me. I'm going to clarify it. Okay, they are not born that way. 
there is two systems that come into play. What what your physic what you were physically born with, okay? The size of your vocal cords, the size of your sinuses, the size of your lips, the size of your tongue, the size of your lungs, all of that. There's there is a uh, there is a physic there is a a physical component to what you were born with, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, everyone is born with something different. So let's just say that the Beyonce's of the world and the, the list of people, Sade and people like that, Stevie Wonder, they were born with a, with a, with a physicality that had the possibilities of creating great sound, okay? Their, their lung capacity was bigger, the shape of their, the inside of their throat was different. So they, they were born with a particular formation of the way that, the, that, they're, that, the, that physically they were made, okay? Mm -hmm. Step one, that's, that's what you were born with. Now, other people may have been born with a little bit less of whatever the size of the vocal cords or, or less lung capacity, all that. Okay, so yes, if the person who was born with a little bit more physicality, if they do nothing, if they don't love to sing, if they don't learn to sing, if they don't sing all the time, they become just as bad singer as anyone else. They don't become great singers. They decide that they, want, they love singing, mm. so they spend the time doing it, and they focus on it, and they learn it. Okay. Because most people who are born with a good instrument never do that. So they never become great singers. Now, the other side, let's say you were born with Mother Nature Forgot You, as far mm. as in the list of amazing vocal cords. The truth is, is you can learn to compensate through technique, through practice. Yeah. You can compensate for whatever you weren't born with. So if I take two people, one that was born with a little bit better instrument, yes. one that was born with nothing. And the person who was born with nothing learns a better technique, loves mm. to sing more, practices and overcomes the shortcomings. They will end up being an amazing singer and beat the crap wow. out of level wise of the person who was born with an instrument. So just being born with it is just a bonus gift then you oh. have to decide. It's that piano, it's that Steinway piano sitting in your living room. You, yes. Your grandmother gave it, so you were born, you, were, you had birthright to it. But mm -hmm. whether or not you become a good pianist has everything to do with whether or not you take piano lessons, or whether or not you sit there and you plunk it out until you've taught yourself how to do it. Mm -hmm. So that's what I mean by nature and nurture. No matter how much nature you were given or not given, every single person on the planet who can make sound has the opportunity to be an incredible speaker or singer. Wow, wow. You know, you give me actually a, a little bit of hope. I always thought I, my, my singing voice was shit and people say, oh, you have a great voice. And I say, oh, I can't sing, I can't sing. So now I'm actually excited to, to do some of the, these practices. And so you mentioned exercises to hone and develop the voice and the vocal cords. So what are some of the exercises, uh, can, can you teach and share on this podcast some of the exercises that uh, we can do to develop, enhance our sort of vocal cords, our Ab instrument? Absolutely. Yeah. Be my, be my pleasure. First, let me, let me give you two references of people that came to me because they didn't think they were singers. Mm. Uh, one of the, uh, and just, I'll give you just two high profile cases. Yes. When, when I was given the project Walk the Line, which was a which was a Johnny Cash biopic with Joaquin Phoenix and Reese Witherspoon, they both came to me and they said, we're not singers. And Joaquin really had never sung before. And I had literally weeks to turn him into a, enough of a singer to be able to sing like Johnny Cash, one of the most iconic singers in the world, and her to, to, to do a sort of a rendition of, of the style of June Carter, though I didn't try to make her sound like June Carter. That was a choice that the director told me. I didn't have to make her sound like June Carter. I just had to make her sound in the style of it because most people didn't know really much, that much what June Carter sounded like. So, so and then more, more recently, I took Bradley Cooper, who didn't consider wow. himself a a singer, and I taught him how to sing for A Star Is Born. And I had a little bit more time. I had about six months to do that, and he's a fantastic <clears> student. But look at the results. These are two 
three people. And the list goes on and on of people who didn't think they were singers, but they worked on it. They learned the technique. They learned my exercises. And, we, and, and, and that now how does the public judge them? When Bradley Cooper is singing in A Star is Born, from the moment he is singing. Incredible. Sounds amazing. Totally legit, right? So he hadn't really sung before? He was no. not. My goodness. So, no okay. way. What did you do? What did I, you do with him? Like, like now I'm curious in terms of like, how do you take him from, I'm not a singer to, let's say in his case, six months later, which is still mind blowing to singing like that. That's one of my favorite, the, the duet between him and, and Lady Gaga, one of my favorites. Like, amazing. What, what do you do? Tell me something, girl. Yeah, amazing. Spill the beans. Okay, and, and, and I'll still answer the question and give exercises. I've learned that most people think there's only one voice in their mm. voice. And that voice is normally what we call chest voice. That's the voice that kind of sits down here and men and women use their chest voice. But there's actually two other voices higher than chest voice. There's a voice way higher than chest voice, which is called head voice, which lives up here. And then there's a voice in between head voice and chest voice called middle voice, which lives around here. So most people only have this much range. Ah, ah, so they go up and hit like a brick wall and they come down. But with me teaching people how to do middle and head voice, what I just demonstrated sounds like this. Ah, all the way up and down the range, no pressure, no straining. And you're like, Roger, that's for singers. And I'm like, no, that's for everyone. Everyone could do that. Go from lows to highs, have all three voices, whether you're a speaker or a singer. And you're like, Roger, if I'm a singer, I want all three voices. And I'm like, no, if you're a human, you want all three voices. <laughs> right. Because chest voice has certain sounds and people feel certain things. It's like, we're gonna, we're running away together in chest voice. And middle has certain sounds that are like magical. That's incredible. I love it. Like goosebumps on the arm. This is magical. Middle has tones that just bring out all kinds of other emotions. And head voice is beautiful. So kind, so sweet, so beautiful. Men, women, children, puppies, orangutans, we all need chest, middle, and head so that we can have the gamut of sounds to create the, uh, uh, the emotions to make people feel things. How do I do that? I literally train the vocal cords, train the air by doing simple exercises like this, okay? I do stuff like this, goog, G-O-O-G. Goog, Go, 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 go. And you're like, Roger, this is a singing exercise. I'm like, no, it isn't. <laughs> this is a voice exercise, and anyone can learn how to do it. Go, 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 go. Do it with me. Go, 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 go. Listen to me. Go, 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 go. Do it with me. Go, 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 go. You are hired. You, I, I, I want you to sing. <laughs> You're hired for the my wedding anniversary coming up between my wife and I. You are hired. You are the new singer that is going to be at dinner, and you'll have to stand six feet away from both of us. But we will, <laughs> but we will throw be throwing kisses in your direction. That simple. I have exercises that are like that. That and and, and, and Roger, that, that, like this Goog exercise. Like I have no idea why I'm why I'm vocalizing it, but. Give, give me a little understanding, like, what, what does that do? What, what is that designed to enhance or develop and cultivate? Controls the position of your vocal cords, controls the amount of air in and out of your mouth, and then I use that to train all the different parts of the voice. Okay, that was down low. Let's go higher. Go, 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 go. Do that with me. Go, 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 go. Great, now we're going to go a little higher. Go, 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 go. Go, 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 go. Great, and a little higher. Go, 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 go. Go, 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 go. One more. Go, 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 go. Go, 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 go. And let that top one go a tiny bit higher. Go, 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 go. Go, 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 go. 
So I open up all the different mm. parts of the range. Mm. That top note was a little strained, but, but it was closer to that middle voice. But yes. in five minutes or 10 minutes of me taking people through exercises, wow. they all of a sudden have 10, 15, 20 more notes than they had before wow. they did them. Wow, it's fascinating. It really is that simple. I mean, the exercises sound, sound a little silly, but, they are, but I've spent a lifetime crafting them to, to train the body mm. to make sounds. And then we go backwards from doing exercises like that to singing and speaking. And then all of a sudden, mm. your body can do it because, because you learned how to, how, how to control the instrument. Beautiful. I'm really getting the sense of what an instrument it is and the ability, as we cultivate the ability to control the instrument, literally using sounds to, I guess, to make art. You know, it really is being an artist in a sense, whether you're a speaker or you're a singer or just a regular, just a human being living life. You know, we are yeah. creating art with our voice. No, I'm actually curious, and, and, and I'm sure that there are some speakers listening to this conversation. You know, Roger, I'm someone who I speak a lot. Sometimes I do events, and I would say two and a half days, I might speak 31 hours. Okay, it's like yes. intense. And I've been playing, and I've, I have no formal training, and, uh, which is how I started hearing about you. And for one of these days, I would go see Roger Love, and here we are. And so for the speakers out there, sometimes I find – let's say a day and a half, the, the, the third day of my event, my vo I'm feeling some strain on my voice. Usually by the end of the, the, the third day, definitely the morning after, my voice is like really rough, really, it's, it's uh, tense, very tense, very sore, very hoarse. What can we, as for the speakers out there, what can we do to prepare our voices before, let's say, multi-day events or speaking events and to make sure that... Um, to make sure we don't get hoarse by the end of the event. Like what are some things speakers can do? Okay, great. First of all, let me say that you are making art, but I believe every time we open our mouths and sound comes out, we have an opportunity of sounding musical. And, and because we need to add the music back into our speaking voices, because if we don't, people don't really listen and they don't care and they don't feel anything. So yes, it's artistic, but mm. I'm saying it's what makes us human. It's what separates us from technology which doesn't have the right melodies and volumes and pitches and tones. Siri. It, we're putting the music back in. Look, yes. look at what they added. Look at what they added to Siri this year. When Siri is thinking, she goes, hmm. You know, she makes sounds now. They've tried to add more, more emotion into Siri. But the bottom line is, is it's not just an artistic thing. It's that we have to put some kind of music back into our speaking voices or we will lose our ability to move people emotionally. So now that your question is, look, I, I coach some of the biggest speakers in the world from, from Rachel Hollis to Tony Robbins to Simon Sinek to Brendan Bouchard to, to amazing speakers who are doing multi-day events and they never lose their voice. Why? Because they're doing my exercises to warm up on the mornings that before they go to speak. And that totally makes it so that they don't lose their voice. So I'm getting their instrument in shape by doing the exercises. They never lose their voice. The human voice is set up to speak or sing 24 hours a day and never get hoarse. If you're getting hoarse, it's because you're doing something wrong. So first thing, the exercises make sure you never get hoarse. Here's some other things that people need to think about, the speakers that are listening to you, the humans that are listening to you, yes. the, the mothers and fathers and, and sons and daughters who open up their mouths and just wanna be better communicators because being a great communicator means that you can move people emotionally and that's how to create relationships. That's how to get jobs. That's how to do business. That's how to create life from one relationship to the next, from one communication to the next, to steer your life in the direction you want it to go. A lot of people are mouth breathers. So they are breathing in through their mouths when they inhale. That is the fastest way to get hoarse. Wow. Right now with me and everyone that's listening, I want you to open up your mouth. And when I count to three, one, two, three, I want you to breathe in. Do it. One, two, three, breathe in. Do you, feel the dry, do you feel the dryness in your throat when you breathe in through your mouth? Yes. yes. Did you breathe in through your mouth? 
I actually breathe in through my nose. I know. That's I, I was, that's why I didn't hear you. I want you to breathe in through your mouth. Mouth okay. open. On the count of three. One, there two, three. Goes. Big breath in through your mouth. <sighs> Do you feel the dryness in the back part of your mouth? Feel the dryness. Absolutely. <laughs> You're not supposed to breathe in through your mouth. We were born to breathe in through our noses. Mm. There are filters in the nose called turbinates. And when the air passes through those filters, it becomes moist air. So then when it goes to the vocal cords, it doesn't dry your vocal cords and your throat out. Take a, close your lips, breathe in through your nose on the count of three. One, two, three. No dryness. Mm. Stop taking all of your breaths into your mouth. I know it's super fun to breathe into your mouth because your mouth is open when you're talking, but that's why you're losing your voice. You're, you're taking mouth breaths and look at babies. Babies aren't breathing through their mouths. All babies are breathing through their noses. Breathe mm -hmm. in through your nose, pretend you have a balloon in your stomach, let your stomach come forward. And then as you exhale through your mouth, the stomach comes back in. That will stop you from getting hoarse. Also, a lot of people speak too airy. So the, one, the second biggest reason that people get hoarse is because they sound too airy. And the extra air coming out dries out the vocal cords. So for example, let's say you're doing one of your events and, and, you, and, and you're talking like this because you want people to know how much you love them. And, how, how, how beautiful it is to search for your purpose and your soul and that you're there for them and you speak airy. Well, remember that I said whispering is harder on the voice than screaming. So if you think you've just created a psychologist voice, a therapist voice, a, a yoga instructor voice, and you wonder why you're losing your voice before the yoga instruction is done, before the people, before the people are hypnotized, or before the, before the therapy session is over, it's because you're not supposed to speak airy. You're supposed to speak more like you do, with a certain amount of edge in the voice. So there's, yes, there's air, but there's also edge. People are afraid of more edgy voices because they're afraid of volume because they think volume makes them sound angry. Uh -huh. But volume doesn't make you sound angry as long as you have melody. If I take the melody out, I love you, I'm so happy to be on the show, I can't wait to be on again, darn it. <laughs> well then of course I sound angry, but let me yeah. say the same words and let me add melody. I love you. I'm so happy to be on this show. I can't wait to be on again, darn it. I feel good. I want you back. I want you back, no, Roger. No anger. So, yes. so people are under these misconceptions. They can't get loud, so they get soft. They're supposed to breathe in through their mouth, so that's why they're drying out all their vocal cords all the time. They're, they can't sing, so they don't think they can have enough melody in their voice. They don't mm -hmm. think they... People don't... It's like, you know, look at, look at the times we're living in right now. We had just sort of, the whole Me Too movement came up and, 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 and women were saying, hey, hey, this is, you know, no more of this. And now we're going through all of this, these uh, more racial issues and, mm. and things like that. And people are saying, hey, hey, enough of this. So people are, are trying to move people emotionally. There, there, are, there are big movements that are, all, that are all suggesting incredible positive change, but you have to find it. To find your voice, mm. you have to find out more of who you are, what you want, what you believe. You can't just, you, it's not just about putting words on, on a poster and walking around. You, we have to use our voice for change. The way that we need, we need to use our voice to change is to, is to find our voice and have it be authentic and yes. emotional and speak up for the things that, that we accept and we don't accept and tell people and the world what we believe is right. And then when they hear your voice and it has melody and volume and pitch and pace and tone mm -hmm. and, it's, and it comes across as emotional and authentic, that's when you move people to action. That's when people join you and believe you and feel the same way. But how are we supposed to make any positive change in the world if people don't even like the sound of their own voice and, and, no, and, and so they haven't found their own voice or the right sounds to create the right emotions to create the right changes? How, how would someone know if they have connected to their authentic voice? Like their authentic pitch, voice, tone, like 
how would we know if, yes, Roger, this is, this is, this is what I sound like. Because is, people is, would be, is, is people would be saying, yeah, people would be saying to you that they would connect with you. You'd see them hanging on every word you say. You'd yeah. see them, you'd see them joining you as you went from emotion to emotion. So when you, when you were feeling sad, you'd, you'd see that they were reacting in that same sadness. And when you were expressing happy, you'd see them react in happy. It would be a, instead of like a, a monologue, it would be a dialogue. It would be a conversation. You'd both be moving each other through emotions. And you know, you, you, you know people like that. You know me. You know you. You don't speak unemotionally. So, so, you're, so when you're communicating with someone, you become aware that they're feeling the same emotions you're feeling. And then they express it back to you. So it's easier than you think to know when you get to that place. Because people are moved by you. They show you that they're moved by you. They tell you that they're moved by you. You hear the sounds that come out of their mouths. And you move from emotion to emotion together. Beautiful. I'm really, I'm really appreciating the power of sound. I, I read this book. You maybe you've heard of this, this, uh, this, this guy Roger. Um, he's no longer alive. A Sufi master, Hazrat Inyat Khan, and he was he, he was a Sufi spiritual teacher. But he talked about that everything is vibration. Everything yep. is sound, cosmic rhythm, and uh, makes so much sense. Makes so much sense in terms of um, I was, I, when I was going through your course and I'm still in the midst of going through your, your online course and thoroughly enjoying it. Um, I, I, I was curious to see about, there was a section where you talked about food and the effect of food on voice. Can you share a bit about that? There were like five or six foods that affect, affect voice negatively, I think is what you said. And yes. uh, I haven't gotten to that segment yet, but I, I'm really curious about how does food affect voice and vocal expression? Well, the first way food affects voice is you want to have the vocal cords coated, lubricated when you speak, because basically the vocal cords open and close and open and close and open and close, and then there's air passing through them. So the vocal cords are doing a lot of action. So if I did this, clapped my hands, hours and hours and hours and hours a day, you can imagine that I, that, or played the guitar for hours and hours a day, rubbing my fingers against the strings, you'd get calluses on your fingers, right? Mm. Okay, yes. so, so the vocal cords actually take a lot of abuse by, by opening and closing, and every time they close, they slam into each other. So mm. they need the right lubrication. Wow. The lubrication for the vocal cords is called phlegm. Mm. Phlegm is not a bad word. People are eating and drinking things that are creating so much phlegm, but not just quantity, because you want phlegm, quality of phlegm. If the phlegm becomes too thick, then it gets in the way of the vocal cords opening and closing, and that's when you hear people trying to clear their throat all of the time because they feel like something is stuck on their vocal cords, that they're like encased in, in, in mucus, the mucus of the throat, phlegm. Mm -hmm. So there are certain foods that make the phlegm, the good lubricant, too thick for the vocal cords to deal with. Mm. And not everyone is susceptible to all these things, but if you find yourself clearing your throat all the time because you feel like there's just gunk in there, you need to pay attention to one, dairy. A lot of people are allergic to dairy mm. and don't even know it. So. So if you are one of those people that is even slightly allergic to dairy, excess dairy can make excess thick phlegm, which gets in the way of the vocal cords doing their job. So that's one thing. Okay, another thing is if you eat anything that's very difficult to digest, like let's say you have a, you're, gonna, you're gonna speak uh, at 10 o'clock and you decide to have steak for breakfast, <laughs> steak and eggs. Well, there's only so much blood in the body. So if right. you eat something that, that requires a lot of digestive work, which means literally to digest a steak, meat, something that's difficult to digest, the body has to send more blood into the process to aid in digestion, which is blood flow away from the vocal cords. Mm. So you don't want to eat anything that's too difficult to, to digest. 
also caffeine. Caffeine is, is, is uh, what is called a, something that dehydrates the body. Caffeine actually pulls moisture out of your body. So as you do more caffeine, your body thinks you're dehydrated. So it flips a switch and tells the salivary glands to make more phlegm. But it, but it usually produces too much. It overdoes it. So trying to compensate for the fact that you're dehydrated, the phlegm that gets produced is too thick. Mm. So monitor your caffeine intake. Monitor your dairy intake. Citrus. Do not be drinking a lot of citrus because that, is, that produces a lot of thick phlegm as well. And smoking, terrible for the vocal cords because smoking mm. anything. As you inhale... The air, that hot air, goes right past the vocal cords and dries out the moisture on the cords. Mm. So the key things to avoid or, or learn, like eliminate dairy for a week and see how much less you clear your throat. If, if, if that didn't help, go back to dairy. Then try to cut way back on caffeine for a week and then see if that makes it feel great. If that didn't help, you should always be eliminating smoking because that will for sure or also eliminate citrus. Don't be doing so much citrus. And, and you'll see what kind of an effect it has on the body. Gotcha. Does that help? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, are there any specific foods that actually help? There was a book years ago that I read as a kid uh, by uh, an author named Arnold Errett. It was called The Mucusless Diet. And wow. some of those things have been sort of disproven, but... But some people find that tomatoes are really good uh, hmm. phlegm cutters and uh, onions are sometimes good uh, phlegm cutters. But the, but the best phlegm cutter is just, or the best phlegm contributor to nice watery phlegm that the vocal cords love is for you to be drinking at least a half a gallon of water a day. God. Not soda, not <laughs> coffee, yes. not even tea with caffeine, decaffeinated tea, fine, but not too hot because the temperature of liquids, hot or cold, can change the size of tissues. Mm. So, so you don't want to drink anything too hot or too cold because it can change the size of tissues that are in your throat and you don't want to do that. So, so uh, drinking more water really helps, is the number one way for you to control the fact that you want to have nice watery phlegm, which makes your vocal cords happy, and then you never lose your voice. I literally have artists you know i mean not right now because there are no tours but i mean i i keep artists on tour for two and three years at a time mm -hmm. and i and and my speakers like brenda bouchard and people like that they can speak for four days straight with no yes. other guests on mm -hmm. stage and never lose their voice i regularly mm -hmm. speak for three and four days on my own events and never lose my voice. I would never think to lose my voice. Mm. And I also have exercises, if you do lose your voice, that can bring back your voice in about six minutes. Wow, can you share one of those? Yeah, it's called low larynx exercise. So what happens is, is that, that uh, if, take it, put your index finger and put it on your chin, okay? then slide it back to the first bump, which is your Adam's apple. Women sometimes miss it and they go past it, lower down in their throat. But, but everybody should just stop at the very first bump they find. That's their Adam's apple, okay? Gotcha. If you swallow, you'll feel how that bump goes above your finger and then comes back down, yes or no? I just felt it. Great. You want to have your Adam's apple go lower because when it goes lower, there's a huge therapeutic effect, which takes the pressure off of the cords and, and shrinks the swelling on the cords, and that's why you're vocal, you've, you've gotten hoarse. So if I make the sound mum, make that with me, with your finger on your Adam's apple, mum. Mum. Okay, good. Now I'm going to make a sound like this, like uh, Yogi Bear. Mum, 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 mum. Mum, 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 mum. Went did your lower. Adam's apple, did your Went Adam's lower. apple go lower? Went lower. That's right. So if you talk like this for a few minutes, your Adam's apple with it, your, even though it sounds funny, with your Adam's apple in that position, 
your vocal mm. cords will start to shrink back to their normal size. This is called the low larynx exercise. So like, for example, the same exercise I, I gave you before, which would normally would have sound like, go, 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 go. Now it's going to sound like this. Go, 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 go. Like you're Rocky Balboa in the movie uh, Rocky or, or, your, or your Yogi Bear. Go, 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 go. And if you make that funny sound, speaking or doing my exercises for about five or six minutes, the swelling will go down and you'll be able to speak so much more naturally. Wow. Wow. Well, you just, you just, you just saved my life right there. I'm going to be, I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to be practicing that like, religiously you you can count on that for sure so let's so so based something like that is something i can do let's say uh that's for the speakers out there let's say i'm speaking i can do it after a full day of speaking uh, in the evening or at the end of the uh, at the end of an event is that something that i could be practicing this mom exercise where the atoms no the the, people think people think hey should i do a warm down no rest no. is what you do after you do it you do oh. this before you do this days before, you do that the morning of, you do it during lunch at your event. You do it before you have to speak. You know, afterwards, you just be quiet. Ah, so, so afterwards, there's no special warm down technique exercise, it's just rest. Yes, there is no such thing as a warm down. It's not like exercise where you lift weights and then you stretch. You, you, that's not at all. The vocal cords aren't muscles. So what you do to, to to rest is you rest your voice. Got it. Beautiful. Roger, this has been such a enlightening conversation and I'm looking forward to going through the rest of your course. I have like two more questions if, if it's okay for you uh, while, you're, while you're here. I uh, want to shift gears a little bit. Just, just I'm curious to pick your brain on this one. You know, I, was, I was reading through some of the people you coached, Maroon 5, John Mayer Tool, The Killers, who I love, Rob Thomas, Eminem, one of my favorites, uh, The Jackson. You're looking at an old list. You're looking at an old list. Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez, you know, mm-hmm. Gwen Stefani. Oh, I mean, my God. The list gets looking, better. You're so, looking so, at a, I think you're looking at an old resume, I, I, my friend. I have an old one. So thanks for correcting me. You, you, you work with quite a few people, basically. Eminem. Eminem, one of my favorites. So a lot of these, I mean, all of them, they have huge auras, star power, vibration. You know, they just have wattage. And so when you've worked with them, this is less of a voice thing and more of a vibrational, energetic thing, observation. When you work with stars, what, is there any common denominator that you've observed in a Selena Gomez, in an Eminem, in a John Mayer? Um, in terms of like something that distinguishes them or makes them stars, is there anything that you see when you work with? Is it a look in their eyes? Is it a certain? I'll tell you what it is. What is what is that thing? I'll tell you what it is, and it's the same. I, I don't only work with singing stars. I work with the biggest CEOs and the bigger biggest yes. companies. I'm the voice coach for Zappos and Morgan Stanley and Kimberly Clark mm. and all these giant companies that hire me to come in and and fix from the CEO down to the people that are answering the, answering the phones and, and stars like Angelina Jolie. And, and, and I mean, what's the magic they have? Here's the magic. They are, they, they work harder than most people to Mm. overcome the obstacles that are in their way. And they, it will, and they will not accept defeat. I, over the years, often ask the people at the top of every mountain that I've met. And I say, what, how did you end up at the top of this mountain? And they said, because I didn't have a plan B to fall mm. back on. If I would have been able to do anything else, I would have done it and I would have paid, and I would have you know, gotten more food for my family and I would have provided more for the people I care about. But I had, I had to keep going at the only thing that I could do, that I was good at, and that I wanted to do, and that I that I I don't accept no for an answer. So it's 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 not that the stars or the the CEOs or the billionaires that I work are that any different than anyone else, other than the fact that they they have they create a vision, they focus on it, and then they work harder than anyone else. Bradley Cooper showed up 
every day for six months at 7.30 in the morning to take wow. a voice lesson after he had driven from Pacific Palisades to the San Fernando Valley to do an hour and a half workout with a trainer and then showed up at my door at 7.30 in the morning. Mm -hmm. Because, and he never was late one second. That's the kind of thing it takes. And my, my favorite quote from Bradley, and I don't mean only to keep mentioning him, but, but I'll just say he, he, he's a great guy. And his quote was, you know what I like about voice and singing, Roger? You can't lie. You can't lie when you sing. People know whether, you're, whether it's the truth or not. And I say the same thing. There's no difference between singing and speaking. I'm here on the planet to save the world the only way I can, one voice at a time, to make the people speak or sing and to communicate it in a way that really they have found their voice and, and they've decided how they want to share that voice with the world. And, and, and it's not gender biased. It's not racially biased. It's not age biased. It is all based on sounds and emotions. And I believe that that's the way that I can connect people together all over the world that are separated by religions and politics and, yes. and, and regionalism and, and regions. And what do we all have in common? We, we, ha we can make sound. So why don't we just agree that we should just make the sounds of emotion and put all that other bullshit aside and yeah. then connect with mm. people? Mm. Uh, amen, amen. Roger, as we uh, begin wrapping up the conversation, I just want you to just reflect on your life for a second. You've lived quite a life. If there were three key life lessons, um, successes, failures, relationships, everything, people you've met, everything you've learned throughout your life. If there were three of the most important life lessons that you feel would be the most important thing that you could maybe pass on to the next generation that would evolve the next generation the most, what do you feel the three keys would be? Your three okay. key life lessons. Wow. Oh, that's a good one. That's a, thank you. With no thought, okay, yeah. which, is, which, which is where my best advice usually comes from. Okay, go, with go. no thought, zero. You can always love more. Mm. One, you can always be more selfless. When I, when I, I figured I, I needed to be a certain level of selfless to be a good boyfriend. And mm. then when I'd reached that, I thought, well, to, you know, uh, when I get married to be a husband, that level of selfless, selflessness will work, but it didn't work. So I had to raise it. And then you have, and then you think, you can't be any more selfless when you're a good husband. And then you have kids and you're like, oh, I got to raise it again. So you can't love too much. You can't, you can't ever, you, you, there's no limit to, to how much further you could be at being selfless, unselfish. And number three, your voice matters. Your voice matters. Even if you don't think it does, your voice matters. It's the reason you're here on the planet. It's, it's what is literally moving your life in all directions, business and personally forward. Your voice matters. I love it. Your voice matters, folks. Regardless of what you're going through right now during these intense and amazing times, don't give up. Stay committed. Your voice matters. You can love more. Be selfless. Great uh, wisdom for today's times. Roger, I've, I have really loved this conversation and uh, I've seriously look, been looking forward to meeting you for many years now. Um, happy that we get to do this virtually. Hopefully at some point I get to give you a big hug in person and uh, take an actual voice lesson from you. Uh, meanwhile, I'll be doing your course. And uh, what's the best way people can find out about you, best website, your work? I mean, I would love it if you also let people know how they can get access, find out about your course and develop their voice as well. What's the best way, uh, the best well, contact info for people? Well, first of, all, my, my, first of all, my gift is next time you're in Los Angeles and next time there's no quarantine, uh, I would love you to come take a lesson with me as my gift. I will so, be there. So my gift to you is that, I, that I'm here for you and we can, if we can't be in person, then we'll do it virtually. And then my gift to your listeners is because I, because I, I want to give a gift and how can I change the world if we don't get more voices to join with me in that movement? So the gift I bring them today is if they go to the perfect voice, theperfectvoice.com. And, and I think the, the entry level where they should start if they want to find their speaking voice so that they can 
change their lives with the way that they sound, they should go to theperfectvoice.com. And when it gets to, you know, you can put it in in the cart. And when you say, do you have any special uh, discounts, type in SOUL, capital S-O-U-L, and I'll give you a $50 discount off of the Perfect Voice collection. And I've spent a lifetime trying and succeeding at making my techniques for the masses, for everyone to do it, regardless of talent, regardless of what you think of your voice is right now, regardless of musical ability. So the Perfect Voice Collection is the, is the absolute perfect place for you to start. Just go to theperfectvoice.com or go to rogerlove.com and click on the Perfect Voice. And when you get to the cart, type in soul as your bonus for $50 off. And it's not an expensive program. So that $50 off is, it pays for most of the program altogether as my gift. So invest in, invest in yourself, invest in your voice, whether you think you have the greatest voice in the world, that's when people come to me. Or whether you think no one's listening to you, that's when people need to come to me. I love it. I'm actually <clears throat> really looking forward to my next live event now, Roger, practicing uh, some of your voice techniques and mum and goog and all of this crazy, amazing techniques you've created. So. I'll keep you posted on my progress, folks. Theperfectvoice.com. You heard it from Roger Love himself and rogerlove.com. Check out his work. Check out his books. Definitely check out his program. I'm going through it myself. It's, uh, it's really enlightening indeed, especially for me as a speaker. I'm getting tremendous value. Roger, this has been uh, a really awesome conversation. Could you just assign real quick before we wrap up a, a short homework? Is there like a a quick homework assignment people can do that would yes. take maybe a few seconds that they yes. can to sort of homework. Home I love it. Homework assignment. Record yourself. Realize whether you're speaking monotone, ascending scales, or descending scales, and practice to stop using so much descending scales. Homework. Stop breathing in through your mouth. Start <laughs> breathing in through your nose. So listening to yourself, recording yourself, looking for melody and also changing the way that you breathe. That is the, those are the, those are the first two things that you need to do as homework. Awesome. Folks, you heard it from the amazing Roger Love, listening and breathing. Send me an email, everyone. Coop Blackson at coopblackson.com. I want to know your key takeaways from today's episode. Let me know. Also do me a, a quick favor, share this episode with everyone in your life, everyone that you love, let them know how much you enjoyed the episode with the amazing Roger Love, the world's number one voice coach, trainer, and guru, I will call him. Roger, thank you for coming on. Uh, everyone, big hugs, folks. I'll see you next week. Until then, love now. If you've enjoyed this episode of Soul Talk, please do share the podcast with all of your friends. Let everyone know and make sure you download Soul Talk today. I'm looking forward to next week where I'll get to share more inspiration with you. Meanwhile, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or social media. You can find out more about my work at www.coopblackson.com. If you feel ready to take your life to the next level, join me at my exclusive event in Bali, www.boundlessblissbali.com, where you can find out more and apply. Also, make sure to remember to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment at coopblackson.com. Sending you all big hugs and love now.